Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Hoop Life with Sean and Sean podcast. I'm your host, Sean Taylor Jr. And I'm your host, Sean Taylor Sr., coming to you from our beautiful studio, a.k.a. our living room. Tio Chewy on the, on the mics and the video camera getting us looking dead right. Yeah. We got, what, over 600 views on the last video we posted on Facebook. Yes, sir. And a ton of listens, so thank you all for continuing the support. Mm-hmm. Please subscribe and share if you haven't done so already. Yep. Now that we got the business out of, way, out of the way, let's get right to it. The Knicks, the New York Knickerbockers, Knickerbockers, <laughs> the New York Knickerbockers have once again fired another coach. The latest casualty, Mr. David Fisdale, yeah. who lasted just over one season. Let me look at my handy dandy notes here. Uh, in that one season in about 20 games plus, he went 21 and 83. Oh, man. And he's out of there. Yeah. 13, I think he's the 13th coach this century. So in the 21st century, in 20 years, they've had 13 coaches. Oh, oh my God. Just awful, awful, Good. awful. Madison Square madness, mayhem, whatever you want to call it. So what do you make of this latest firing? Was it justified? Um, was he just, like I said, another casualty in this this crazy Knicks organization? What do you think of all this? Mm, it... it probably more so a casualty or like it's like neutral okay you know because it's just like the knicks have not been good right if we're being honest <laughs> right they have not been good yeah for a very long time since way before you were born yeah like, and you were born in what oh six right? yeah oh six <laughs> right. yeah late oh six late oh six yeah and um they just have not been good since you know the Dominant Patrick Ewing, John right. Starks. For the 20th century, yeah. the 90s. Yeah, right. era, yeah, like, since them. And yeah. then I can't, I don't remember what their early 2000s team was like okay. until they got, like, Carmelo. Mm-hmm. And I think they might have Steve Novak, maybe even Jason Kidd. Steve Novak, a Jason, uh, Steve yeah. Novak reference. Yeah, Jason Kidd, J.R. Smith. Right. Yeah, like, that team wasn't, like, the worst, right? But it still wasn't good, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, because right. they had old, you know, out of his prime, mellow. Okay. They had J.R. Smith, who you know, he he had some decent years with the Knicks. It's right. just you know, he was kind of out of his prime too. Yeah, I wouldn't say Mello was exactly out of his prime then, but I don't think the roster, the way it was constructed, was exactly a title contender. Yeah, and what it, I don't think it was a fit for Mello. Yeah, really? but I mean, he kind of forced his way there from Denver, but yeah, um, yeah. like I said, I don't think the roster was constructed great, so I'm sorry, but go ahead, keep going. No, nah, that's good, but um, you know, it's just, I, I honestly think that it's just another casualty because, you know, they just, they just gone down, down from like, even like nine years from now when they had Melo and Steve Novak, Jared Smith, all those dudes that I just right. mentioned. You know, they just kept going down, down. They lost Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Melo. They had Porzingis, who right. seemed like he was going to be good, and yeah. I think they traded Porzingis away yeah, to Dallas. Well, he he said he didn't want to play for the Knicks anymore. Yeah, and I don't know how he could say that, and y'all could just trade him because it's just right because he's young. So yeah. it's like well, I think the thing is he wasn't going to extend his contract. So they, if they didn't trade him, they would he would have walked for absolutely nothing. Yeah. Because he was still in a rookie contract when they traded him. So 
Um, but yeah, can I can I just jump in here for a second? Yeah. <laughs> because you said that the Knicks haven't been very good for a long time, mm-hmm. which I think most people know that. Even the casual basketball fan knows the Knicks haven't been good for a long time. Yeah. But after doing my research, I I realized that they actually have been terrible. Not that they've just <laughs> not been good. They've been terrible. So I, I'm looking at my notes here, right? Mm-hmm. And... There was a piece done by the New York Times back in July, and mm-hmm. the headline was something along the lines of, like, is James Dolan the worst o- owner in team sports, right? Yeah. And so the in the article, it goes on to say that the Knicks have had have compiled the worst record in the 21st century, yeah. less than 42% win percentage, right? Yet yeah. they're worth $4 billion. Forbes uh-huh. estimates that they're worth $4 billion, the most profitable uh, or most valuable basketball team in the NBA, right? right? Obviously, the location being in New York City, Madison Square Garden has a lot to do with it. But I just told you earlier, 13 coaches in less than 20 years and the worst record in the 21st century. I mean, oh that is goodness. awful. And and you mentioned that team with Melo uh, on there, right? Mm-hmm. The Knicks have one playoff series win this decade. One playoff series win. That's incredible. Yeah. Think about that. So LeBron James has been to the finals more than the Knicks have been to the playoffs. Think about that. Oh in the gosh. in the 21st century, that is. Yeah. LeBron James has been to the finals. He has he actually has more championship wins than the Knicks have playoff series wins. To kind of put that in perspective, right? Oh my goodness. So, and then even more damning is teams like Miami, Detroit, Chicago, Houston, the Lakers, the Celtics, all of these teams, the Rockets have more, like they have multiple championships. They won multiple championships since the last time the Knicks won a single championship back in the 70s. Oh my God. I mean, those are some pretty tragic numbers wouldn't you say yeah so so you when you say they have one series when you you mean like one like they won one whole series or one oh oh. yeah yeah so not one one game they won one actual series they made it out of the first round one time in this decade and that was 2013 that's still terrible that's very very terrible you you can make it out of the first round but then it's like it depends, like what type of team you are. It's uh-huh. like okay, so you can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, or like nah, just that first round, right? And then it's, it's over for you. Yeah, then it's over. It's yeah. a wrap. So you're you're not contending in the least bit. And so, no. in this past off season, when the Knicks had a bunch of money, mm-hmm. right, and they had a high pick, yeah, people were saying, oh, they're gonna get Zion. Or, oh, they're going to be able to get Durant and or Kyrie, mm-hmm. maybe even Kawhi Leonard. I heard that kind of out there, right? Um, but none of those guys, they didn't get Zion, obviously, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. Mm-hmm. They got R.J. Barrett, who's a good young player, even though he can't shoot free throws right now. <laughs> but he's a good young player, right? Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Durant and Kyrie went to New York, but they went to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So my question is, like, okay, one more thing. I've heard this whole whole notion that the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Have you heard that before? E, not necessarily. Not necessarily, okay. But like when talk radio, they'll say the NBA is better when the Knicks are good and when the Lakers are good, right? I yeah. don't buy into that. 
As a I, Wizards fan, as someone outside New York, I don't really care if the Knicks are good or not, right? Definitely and there's not. it's a star driven league. There's so many stars that as long as there's stars in the league and it's competitive, the league's gonna be good, right? Right. For the most part, I think. <clears throat> um, so my question I guess to you is do do people should people or players feel a sense of obligation or feel a certain way about wanting to play in Madison Square Garden and play for the Knicks, or do they just not care about that? I, I mean I don't think they care about that either. <laughs> right. Like, right. I mean, like, come on. I mean, like, we're going to play for our team. And, you know, we can both start out. Like, it's like they y'all both started out at zero. Mm-hmm. And one team, obviously, is just way better than this team right, right now. So it's like, I don't care. I'm playing for the team just as all these other guys are playing for the team. Right, right. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Just get players like us i guess <laughs> right, yeah right. And, yeah and you know someone and when people are saying that it's soft that you know um players like katie and Kyrie don't right. want to go yeah fat to joe kind of took a shot at yeah guys, to, right? to the knicks then just like well come on man i mean like y'all have been terrible right forever <laughs> right. who who want who wants to go to a team that's been terrible forever right like, right <laughs> come on for a man. long long time yeah right? and brooklyn's kind of like you know growing is what right. it seems like right because brooklyn used to be terrible a couple years ago right. now they're like starting to come up there a little yeah. bit they're so, trending up yeah they're, yeah they're trending up so i mean hey like you say what you want but it's, right it, it doesn't really matter to these dudes so there's no real allure of because mo- a lot of people would say Madison Square Garden is the most famous arena in the world, right? New York City is the most popping city in the in the country, if not the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't think these guys are, are phased by that? No, not, not at, all. at all. Not at all. <laughs> As evidenced by the fact that nobody went there, right? Yeah, maybe Kevin Durant because he he's the type of person to you know kind of express himself in lately maybe a little bit of Kyrie Irving but mm-hmm. not to the point where they want to go and play for the right. Knicks <laughs> right. not to the point right. where they have to think about going and playing for the Knicks right right like, no no they just rather go across the bridge and, and play in Brooklyn yeah for a more stable franchise yeah okay um so like I mentioned they, the Knicks have had a bunch of coaches mm-hmm. right um I forget who they said is taking over interim I think maybe Mike Miller is taking over as the interim coach and Keith Bogan's Shout out to the DMV brother Keith Bogans mm-hmm. uh, from DeMatha Senior High School is joining the staff, um, but that's probably not going to be a long term solution, right? Yeah. Who do you think is the best fit to replace David Fisdale? I know a couple of names have been thrown out there, but who do you think? Um, I would have to say probably. Um, right now, I would probably have to go with. Mark Jackson, you yeah. know, because he's been around that, you know, Warrior squad that, you know, mm-hmm. was, you know, I know the year after he was fired, they were a little bit more dynamic and right. like great, but I mean, he's but he's at least he's been around those players right. and had those had that experience mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of get a look at those players, see what they do. So, I mean, I would have to go with Mark Jackson who right. was like a year off from like you know all these championships and right. stuff, and you know from all the this. dynasty. Yeah, from the dynasty. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Yeah. yeah, I read an article earlier today. Uh, I think they said 
Forbes had Mark Jackson as the prohibitive favorite, like a five to one favorite yeah. to take over the job. He's from New York. He played at St. John's University. He was a first round pick of the Knicks back in eighty seven. So that would seem like the the clear cut choice in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But some folks would say since Mark Jackson has been out of coaching, he's kind of been blackballed. And maybe he should have had that Knicks job before, mm-hmm. um, and they passed him over. So it'd be interesting to see if he actually gets it or not. Um, yeah. I know one name that was thrown out there mm-hmm. was Rick Pitino, the the former coach of Kentucky and of Louisville, yeah. who kind of uh, fell from grace and got dismissed from Louisville amongst the whole Adidas scandal with paying players and all that. Yeah. Um, but Dick Vitale, Vitale uh, the legendary commentator, threw his name out there on mm-hmm. Twitter. And so Rick Pitino's, I think, maybe like 67. I'm not trying to be ageist or anything, but I feel like he's kind of like a, like a relic almost a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be going back, backwards, whereas Mark Jackson, even though he does have some roots with the Knicks organization, I feel like he's going to bring a little fresher perspective, and mm-hmm. he's been around the NBA game a lot more uh, via his commentating. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about Pitino? You think that would be a... A good fit or no? No, especially because he's coming out of college. I think right. that's probably the lowest out of all the other options mm-hmm. that the Knicks will obviously had to pick up for a head coach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think it would be a very good fit. Like right. you said, going that you'd be going backwards. Yeah, that. I so, agree. Yeah. I agree. So, again, we talked about the Knicks not getting Zion, right? Yeah. But up until this point, the Pelicans don't really have Zion either, right? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're 6-17. and 17. He's missed a quarter of the season because mm-hmm. uh, back on October 21st, he had surgery on his right knee. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, the, the Pelicans have really missed having him. He was yeah. projected to be their starting power forward and just a, a total phenomenon. Yeah. Um, at the time, they said that his return was going to be probably in six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Today marks, I think, seven weeks since they made that announcement. Yeah. But they haven't given a timetable um, for his return. They haven't updated that timetable or said anything beyond he's doing some spot shooting and getting on the court a little bit. So it looks like he's going to come back outside of that eight-week window. Yeah. Uh, and I know the vice president, David Griffin, was saying that they're going to be very conservative with bringing him back um, because they have a long-term plan in place for him which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because that's in contrast to the Knicks who kind of just do things by the seat of their pants but we're not we're gonna leave them alone okay mm-hmm. yeah. um what do you think about Zion should we be worried about the fact that he's missed so much time and it's looking like he's gonna miss some more time uh yeah because especially when you had it um issues with you know Kevin Durant obviously you know um, in last year's playoffs right, when with the Achilles. He, yeah with the Achilles mm-hmm. injury and you know him you know, they said it was a calf, and then, you know, he ended up rupturing his Achilles. Right. You know, it just turned out really bad right. for him and the whole Warriors, and then he ended up leaving. Right, right. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then everyone else on the Warriors got injured, yeah, and now they got they to gotta play some dudes that, no no shade thrown to them, but I'm, I've never really heard of them. Right, right, me neither. So, so, I mean, yeah, but, um, you know, with Zion, I think it... You know, with him not being out there, you know, maybe it's another one of those cases a little bit. Mm-hmm. So where maybe they're not telling the full story. Maybe it could be something potentially worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just like it, at least at least the Pelicans or. um, el- OK, hold on. At least <laughs> the Pelicans okay. are, 
you know, taking their time with Zion. Right, right. Whereas the Warriors didn't really take their time with KD mm-hmm. or DeMarcus either. Right, right. You know, which might be some of the reason why they're both hurt. Yeah. I mean, with KD, obviously he's mm-hmm. hurt, but, you know, with DeMarcus might be some of the reason why he's right. hurt now. Right, right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it, it it's good and bad. Right, right. So, no, I I fully get what you're saying. Um, I think it's wise to be very conservative with him and to take their time, like you said, because you don't want him to to have a lingering injury or for the injury to to turn into some, to something worse. Yeah. Um. But I do think it's interesting that when reporters asked David Griffin just the other day, um, about Zion's return, he was just very like non-committal. He was just like, if it falls outside the eight week period, then fine, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But he did say that Zion is definitely going to play this season. Oh. He said that is going to happen. So yeah. it'll be interesting to to see what uh, Zion can do when he gets back. So, yeah. I mean, it's still kind of early in the season. And I think right now the Pelicans are maybe in like second to last place in the West. Mm-hmm. But they're only about four or five games outside of the, the playoffs, outside of the eighth seed. Wow. So, yeah, I think uh, Phoenix is number eight. And they're like ten and something, ten and twelve or something like that. They have the last like two or three teams in the West, uh, with the six, seven, and eight seed, all have losing records. Yeah. So if Zion were to come back in say two or three weeks, do you think he can help turn the Pelicans around and and maybe propel them into the playoffs? Um, I think he could be a driving force. Yes, I think he could get them closer to the playoffs because mm-hmm. I I wouldn't expect the Pelicans. Even with Zion being out for six to eight weeks, um, which obviously is probably not going to now, but you know, I would I would say that Zion could get them really close to there mm-hmm. because I I wouldn't expect them to make it to the playoffs even with him because you know, there's just a lot of good teams, right. you know, that are from the West that have already you know made the playoffs and you know done some things right. in the past, so. I'd say like maybe like a ninth or tenth, mm-hmm. especially because of how they started. Um, right now, um, right now in these um past couple months, but um, I think he can definitely get them really close. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really interesting because some of those teams that are in those <clears throat> excuse me that are fighting for those last few spots are inexperienced. So like I said, Phoenix is the eighth seed. And they haven't made the playoffs in quite some time. Not under Devin Booker, uh, at least. And we'll, we're going to talk a little bit more about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Sacramento is the ninth seed right now. And obviously, they haven't been good for, for quite some time either. Yeah. So I think you're right. He will be a driving force. I think uh, you're also right that they may fall just outside of the playoffs. But it would be interesting. And, yeah. I mean, he's such a, a, a hot ticket that I think that's going to help ratings and just boost the overall excitement around the NBA. Yeah, and I and I'm very high on Zion. Yeah. I, I know I, you are. Yeah, I, I think he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes people may think may like make it seem like he's not as good as people are like other people are saying. But mm-hmm. I'm like I wa- I watched this and I'm like, he was good like in the preseason. Yeah he was. In the summer league too. Yeah. You know, I really like some things that he did. He he almost looked like dominant to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Yeah, I agree. So I mean yeah I you know, I think that he can really be, he could maybe turn into a leader mm-hmm. or, you know, him and Brandon Ingram can right. be like a good one-two punch. Right, so, right, in the front court. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a good point. 
one thing that that was interesting to learn about him when I was doing some research earlier today, he was first team all defense for the ACC. Oh. I didn't even realize that. So obviously that's a it's a huge step from college to the pros. But mm-hmm. I think to your point, people don't give him enough credit for how good of a total basketball player he is. Yeah. So I'm I'm high on him as well. Um, like we've talked about before, I've never seen anyone built like Zion that moves like that. Mm-hmm. Um, six six two eighty five. Yeah. At nineteen years old, that's just that's unheard of. <laughs> that, that amount of bounce, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think, and I think a lot of other experts not to say i'm an expert but a lot of other people who watch the game have said he needs to drop some weight right yeah and so over thanksgiving break you and i and kai actually uh watched a a documentary called game changers right it's been getting a lot of buzz trending a lot right Mm -hmm. and it's about vegan athletes yes vegan so athletes Mm -hmm. that don't consume any animal products yeah no chicken wings no dairy ice cream Mm -hmm. no filet mignon salmon any of that stuff right yeah strictly vegan and the documentary is interesting because they had endurance athletes on there um like cyclists and ultra marathoners Mm -hmm. then they also had boxers power lifters and professional football players right yeah now we just talked about zion dropping some pounds Mm -hmm. right um and one thing i love about the documentary gives a lot of science for being vegan and but i'm not going to advocate and say other people should be vegan but do you think that zion's going to have to make some type of drastic lifestyle change in order to get in better shape to be able to endure the rigors of a full season Mm, yes yeah (laughs) he he, i mean if you start out your career with an injury i mean you can basically make a statement or a claim that that person is kind of injury prone right a little bit yeah you know because you know he if you if you start out your career with you know an injury i mean it's like you you haven't played a game yet right you know you i mean you just already started and you know i just can't wrap my head around i i can't like really think of how you could not call this this player injury prone Mm -hmm. um even though it's only one injury right but you know it, it it's just coming right at the beginning of the season right right so i mean yeah i mean and I he also missed time at duke as yeah. well when he had that injury when his shoe blew out yeah that so was crazy out. that was that was crazy yeah, yeah but, but go ahead yeah but he's definitely gonna have to make you know i think he's definitely gonna make i have to make like a life change a little bit mm-hmm. and you know maybe go vegan or mm-hmm. you know just like find some way to drop some pounds right and i think the best way of doing that would be to go vegan right and you know just like i think it would really help him yeah you know i, I think as long as he keeps that muscle on him right um I, th- I think that you know he'll just be able to get even better right and more dominant and he'll be able to move better and right everything yeah, I mean, mobility is a huge part of being an athlete, right? Yeah. And carrying extra weight, obviously, is going to hinder you from being mobile, you know, to your your maximum potential. Mm-hmm. And with Zion, he's so powerful. But when I look at him, I see 
a layer of baby fat there that I would love to see him shed. Yeah. Um, so, again, I'm not sure if it's going vegan, uh, especially being in New Orleans where they have so much good food and, and mm-hmm. you know, soul food or whatever. Yeah. But he does, I, I think he has to make some type of lifestyle change or at least hire a chef that's going to have or meal prep service that's going to have the food readily available for him. Yeah. Um, because, like, we talk about with LeBron all the time, he spends a million dollars a year on his body. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is what he puts into his body. Yeah. And there, it's not a mistake it's not a coincidence that he's playing the way that he's playing in year 17 mm-hmm. um, because he just takes tremendous care of his body, which allows him to recover faster. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people uh, were saying when Zion, the report came out that Zion was injured, they were saying, oh, no, not another Greg Oden. No, shout out, no shade to Greg Oden, right? But yeah. I liken it more to what happened with Blake Griffin. And Blake mm. Griffin started off with an injury. Now, yeah. of course, he has some great years, right? Yeah. But as Blake Griffin's gotten older, he's had a lot of nagging injuries, mm-hmm. a lot of lingering things. And we watched him the other night against the Bucks, and he obviously does not jump anywhere near the way he used to. And mm-hmm. especially with his game being so predicated on explosiveness, that really hurts him. Um, another yeah. example is I, I think of is Joel Embiid. Yeah. And Joel Embiid started off with an injury and was out for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And he's never looked like he's in great shape to me. Yeah. And people continue to question what his conditioning is like, and he's always missing games, right? Yeah. Um, and so now you see Philly is kind of underperforming this year. Yeah. And I think some of that can fall on Joel Embiid's shoulders because if he was in like great shape, in my opinion – I think he there's a chance that he's hands down the best player in the league. Yeah. I think he just dominates on a level that we haven't seen since Shaq or like Hakeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. but he just kind of is like really, really good, but not in great shape. Yeah. So what do you think about those comparisons? Yeah, I mean, I I, I can definitely see it with, um, you know, Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. because I remember seeing him and he just jump out of the right. gym jumping over kias in the dunk contest and all that right yeah over the front of <laughs> right the, <Kia>. the front <laughs> yeah, jump the over front. the top i hate how people never can point that out right i'm like he clearly jumps over the front over of the there. hood right yeah <laughs> not over the top of the car yeah you gotta make that clear okay yeah but um <laughs> yeah but you know he definitely had like a lot of his game was based off his athleticism back then right now obviously he can shoot more mm-hmm. um then he um, could then when he first came into the league, right? But I mean, still, his athleticism is a big part of his game right. still, because you know he's. I mean, it, it's gonna be harder for him to get a shot off like people like these guards, like you know maybe Lou Will, right. or any of those dudes, because he's obviously bigger mm-hmm. and slower than right. the, the those dudes. Um, but you know if he if he would have like like you said made like a jurassic life change mm-hmm. or anything in like his diet and everything right then i think he still would have had you know a little bit of his young bounce mm-hmm. and everything um like a lot more than today mm-hmm. but um he would have been a way better player right so right yeah because now you see like blake griffin's just been going down kind of ever since right yeah, yeah. And even though he's like kind of like gains more things like he's like got like you know a jump shot now mm-hmm. you know it's just still it's just like 
still kind of going down because he's lost such a big part of his game. Right. No, I totally agree. And I yeah. with, with Blake Griffin, I compare him and Zion because they're also kind of undersized power forwards. Yeah. I know people are like, what? Blake Griffin's undersized? Yeah, he's not. He doesn't have long arms. No. And that was one of the knocks on him in the combine and the pre-draft stuff. Mm-hmm. Yet he's extremely explosive, but he does. He's not. He's not what you call a long six nine. Just mm-hmm. like Zion is not really a a long. I mean, his arms are kind of long, but he's so short that it makes him an undersized player. Yeah, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not. You don't see them throwing up a lot of like baby hooks. Right or sometimes mm-hmm. finishing around the rim if they're not don't have a clear path to dunk it they're not necessarily going to be crafty around the rim which yeah. long arms and big hands will allow you to do mm-hmm. um, so yeah hopefully he can get it together I'm excited to see him play yeah. I'm like you I'm high on Zion and he's still young so hopefully uh, he'll be out there sooner rather than later yeah so, did you have something else to add to that oh no okay um, so speaking of long power fours or big power fours mm-hmm. or dominant power fours, yep. your boy, you're, you're over here cheesing. You know what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Anthony Davis last night goes for 50 against the Timberwolves. Yeah. 50. Did you get his whole stat line? Not his whole stat line. Yeah, I just know he had 50. And yeah. I saw a couple plays where I was like, good Lord. I mean, he is incredible. He yeah. is incredible. And I think with him being buried in New Orleans, people, I know at least myself, kind of forgot just how good he was on yeah. both sides of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron's lobbying for Anthony Davis to be Defensive Player of the Year this year, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. obviously, AD was the Lakers' biggest pickup of the offseason, right? And you're, you're cheesing so hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're cheesing. You're so happy this is working out, right? Yeah. If AD, not if, AD was the biggest pickup for the Lakers this past offseason, yeah. Who was the second biggest pickup? Uh, Dwight Howard. I'm okay, not to you say. said that quick too. Even though we got Danny Green, who's uh-huh. obviously like people were saying Lakers need a shooter and everything. Mm-hmm. We got Avery Bradley, who right. played defense. Right. You know, on the point guard is great at doing that with people like Steph Curry and everything. Right, right. And all those other dudes that we um picked up that I could have possibly chosen. I have to go with Dwight Howard because you know that backup centerpiece. Mm-hmm. You know who is actually kind of making a more so a return to the NBA this year. Not like... Right. I mean, I'm, I mean he's making a return, like, kind of like an actual return because he only right. played, like, nine games with the Wizards I last know, season. I know, man. He did us dirty, man. <laughs> he was he out with a sore butt, man. <laughs> <laughs> sore <laughs> gluteus maximus, I think, it was pro- the prognosis. Probably, and then, like, probably after, like, a couple games, he's like, I'm not going to play. <laughs> I'm just done. Yeah. I'm not. It's yeah. not looking good, right? Yeah, but he's that backup centerpiece for us, and, you know... I think it really just, like, kind of helps us, mm-hmm. you know, like, when JaVale brings that firepower for us, like, right. or, like, you know, helps us with one thing, like, Dwight Howard can help maintain that, Yeah, you know. I love how you said up. us, how you said us. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I'm sorry. Like really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but keep going, I'm sorry. Yeah, but Dwight Howard helps us maintain, um, you know, that – you know, those things that JaVale McGee can mm-hmm. do for us because, you know, JaVale can block shots mm-hmm. and, you know, he has long arms so he can, you know, get his shot up um, over 
um, other defenders, but right. Dwight Howard's more so like he's bigger. Yeah, he's so, very strong. Yeah, he's very, very strong. Yeah. And he just, you know, he can just post up almost anybody. Yeah. And, you know, go get the dunk or the layup or whatever. Mm-hmm. He gets offensive rebounds, puts it back up. You know, he usually always finishes strong at the rim when he, he can. He does. Yeah. And, you know, he. When, I, I love how whenever he makes a good play or anything like that, gets a dunk or anything, he always is, you know, getting hype. Yeah. You know, he's like, very hype. Yeah, yeah, he is very hype. You know, I think he's just kind of excited to get back to the NBA a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, and have kind of com- uh, a comeback season. Right. Um. You know, just it may it may not show in the stats, right. but you know, it, it just kind of looks like it. Right. You know, he does some very good things for us that I think for us. Yeah, that <laughs> that that I think we need mm-hmm. and you know kind of would look not like like we're missing just one piece mm-hmm. if we didn't have Dwight Howard. So, right. I think Dwight Howard. Yeah. You you said something about his stats though. His stats, what are his stats? He's playing 20 minutes a game only and what are his stats? 7.7 rebounds, one and a half blocks and 74% from the field goal. I mean, that's amazing for only playing 20 minutes a game and they run no plays for him. Yeah, I I I forgot to look at the minutes per game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, only 20 minutes per game is, yeah. is great. Um and the thing with having Dwight and JaVel and AD is you arguably have three of the best shot blockers in recent NBA history. Yeah. Especially in Dwight and AD. And mm-hmm. they're different types of shot blockers. Yeah. Like Dwight's really stout and strong. Even though he's got long arms, mm-hmm. he's just very strong and physical. AD yeah. just covers a tremendous amount of space. Yeah. Like we've watched some games where he's coming off the help, off the weak side, and it's like, oh, he might get a good contest on. Oh, and he blocks it or he tips yeah. it or yeah. makes the player totally change their shot. And I'm like, man, pairing those two together yeah. is just that's a lot of length and athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love what Dwight's bringing to the table and the, the energy, like you said, and got the purple locks and all that. Like he's yeah. fully committed. I like how he went with the gold at first uh-huh. and then the purple. Right. Okay. So, so it's like, it up. yeah, like Laker colors right. too. Like what colors? Laker. <laughs> like you had that Cali accent. Yeah. Boy, ain't never been to Cali. <laughs> he was like Laker. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I think that Dwight was a great pickup. But yeah. we talked about this in, in pre-production, <laughs> pre-production, right? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest pickup was the coaching staff. Yeah. And no, no shade thrown at, or I hate saying no shade, no disrespect to Luke Walton, right? Yeah. But I think just having a lot, like, people would immediately say, oh, coaching staff, Frank Vogel, right? Mm-hmm. But no, it's Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins. I mean, these are all guys that have that, like... They're, they're NBA battle tested. I mean, yeah. Jason Kidd, come on, everybody knows Hall of Famer, this guy, right? Yeah. Um, and then Lionel Hollins has coached some, <clears throat> excuse me, coached some good teams down in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and then Frank Vogel did some great things with Indiana as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to highlight highlight someone that doesn't get as much um, hype, I guess, mm-hmm. but I think it's very important that they added to that coaching staff, and that's Phil Handy. Yeah, Phil. You remember Phil Handy when you and I went to see Cleveland play against the Wizards, right? right. A few years back, when Uncle Kogi gave us a ticket. Shout out to Uncle Kogi, right? Yeah. And LeBron and D Wade and Shumper were working out with the assistant coach, right? Yeah. Who was that? That was Phil Handy, right? Right. I mean, he was like getting in the full sweat. He was going hard, right? Yeah. And so you look back though, and he's maybe 
again, doesn't have as much buzz surrounding his name. I think maybe because he's never been a head coach. Yeah. Phil Handy has been to the last five NBA finals. Right? Wow. Think about that. He went to all those finals with LeBron Mm-hmm. In Cleveland, right? Right. Then, when LeBron went to the Lakers last year, Phil Handy went to Toronto. Yeah. And won a ring in Toronto. Yeah. So, he's been to five straight NBA finals. He's got a ring. Yeah. And he does a tremendous... two, I think. Maybe he has... Yeah, he has two. That's yeah, right. I'm sorry. Cleveland. With Cleveland in yeah. 2016. Yeah, when Tro- I was a fan of Cleveland. Right. When you, were <laughs> <laughs> when you were a fan of Cleveland before you jumped on the Laker Nation bandwagon, right? Oh, my goodness. Hey, look. I'm not going to give you a hard time for that because I... I'm from the DMV, grew up a Wizards or Bullets fan, but I love Jordan as well, so I get it, yeah. right? Um, but Phil Handy's got two rings, and he's been to five straight finals, and I love the fact that he does a lot of teaching and a lot of skill work, really helping to develop players, right? Right. Whether that's you know working with LeBron on post work, or Dwight with baby hooks, or mm-hmm. Avery Bradley on pull it, whatever it is. I've seen clips on IG and just online in general of yeah, so I think that the the coaching change has been huge. And like I said, especially with Phil Handy, he's a little bit less or more unheralded, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I think just as vital, very, very important piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and also seeing him work up close, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, but yeah, we talked earlier about how people would say the Knicks, the Knicks uh, being bad is bad for the NBA, right? Right. But the Lakers being good it's good for the nba Mm -hmm. so you got kind of two different ends of the spectrum yeah overall though ratings are down about 20 percent in the nba compared to this time last year yeah and most of the the thinking is that it's due to a lot of stars being out right so like katie's out uh, kyrie's been out for an extended period of time clay and steph Kawhi was out pg-13 um so basically that's fans saying that we want to see the stars right so, how do you think load management plays into that? Do you think that the NBA is going to say, you know, obviously if someone is legitimately legitimately injured, then they should sit out. But if you're healthy, like they're really going to put the press on them to play. Like, do I do I think like like that's a that's a good thing? Yeah. What well, do you think the league will do that? Like Adam Silver and the owners will say, hey, you know, we've been kind of lax with these load management rules. Like, you guys need to be out there playing. Um, yeah, I think if this continues, then definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's kind of what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Low in management. I mean, I haven't heard about that, you know, just last year right. is the first time I heard about that. Obviously, <laughs> right. with LeBron doing it and everything, I know he did that. Mm-hmm. He he kind of created that. Right. Like, because mm-hmm, like, right. he did. Because people forget they try to put it on Kawhi like, as if LeBron didn't do it first. Yeah, but Kawhi, Kawhi is doing it the best now because he, <laughs> yeah. Kawhi, like, how are you just taking games off? Right. Like, for he's no doing it reason. the best. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, but, um, I mean, like, low management, I mean, like these people, like some of these dudes out here are actually, you know, you know, trying to like go up and like make a, you know, make a play or like stop a play from happening, mm-hmm. and then you know going down, hurting themselves, injuring themselves, right. or however it has to happen. I mean, you know, just you know, people are getting injured, and you're out here just you know taking games off, right. basically. Right. Like, c- come on, I like I play in the younger league and everything, like right. the, the kids league and everything. And oh yeah, shout out to you for making your middle school team too. Oh yeah, thank forgot you. about that, man. We should have opened with that. But go ahead. Yeah, thank you. But um, 
I mean, like, we, we never even think, I, I don't think any of my teammates ever think or, you know, just like, just decide to take a game off. Right, right. You know, due to load management. Right. Like, <laughs> c- come on, you, can, you, you can't do that, especially when there's like 16 games in in a season, but you know. 16 for your league. Yeah, 16 right. for my league, but you know, 82, I mean, like, I mean, especially like. Like, especially if you like a team that's kind of slacking. That's why with LeBron, it was kind of a little crazy how they were, you know, they was doing, like, starting to do better. But, you know, obviously with him out, it was going to be, like, you know, it was going to change everything. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, the Lakers were kind of just, like, their record overall was just, you know, balanced. So, I think he should have played those games. Mm -hmm. And it would have looked a little bit different. Right. They would have been able to win a couple more games and right. would have felt a little more motivated. To Last win. year. You're yeah. Yeah. A couple more games. Yeah. So, yeah. But with the Clippers, I mean, I think obviously they're going to make the playoffs. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just come on, Kawhi. Like, right. it, 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 like, like it, it, it's just a little bit disrespectful to the game. Right. Kawhi's become the face of low management. Yeah. So, and and he, with people talking about him becoming the face of the league, I mean, I mean, it's just like, come on, man. Like, right. you you don't want to, like, you can't just, the, becoming the face of the league doesn't mean you just take games off. Like, right. And you, and you don't want that to be you. You don't want people like, you know, the GO or right. Michael Jordan, obviously, Kobe, you know, any of those dudes, like, no, like, knowing you for that. Like, right, right. Come on, man. Well, I think we talked about it either last episode or offline about mm-hmm. how Jordan had like eight or nine seasons where he played all 82 games. Oh, and then man. another another couple of seasons where he played like 80, 79, 80 games. Yeah. Um, so he rarely missed games. Mm-hmm. But John Stockton played like 20 seasons, I think. And I think he played like 15 of those seasons. He played Oof. 82 games. Wow. Maybe even like 15 or 16 with like eight or nine in a row. It was something ridiculous. Oh, man. Um, and there's a reason why he's the all-time assist leader by a mile, why that record would never be broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think the the owners and the commissioner might put the press on the stars and say, come on, you guys got to get this in check because it's hurting our, our pockets. Yeah, Okay. definitely. I know one solution uh, that Adam Silver kind of floated out there was a mid-season tournament mm-hmm. for, uh, to happen between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So... Obviously, before March Madness and before the Super Bowl, just to kind of drum up more interest early in the season. What do you think about that idea? I don't. I don't really like that idea. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like maybe we'll like because it will be like interesting for it a little bit. Like people will at first, you know, come check it out. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on you know how like you know like depending on what the prizes if you win mm-hmm. or you know you know what what's at cost what's the value right of winning the tournament but you know i feel like it just kind of messes up the league and its history like right. just let the nba finals be the ultimate be the ultimate in the right. nba right i like how you said that yeah you know don't you know it, it just doesn't seem right to me right it, it just can it just seems you know inappropriate and, <laughs> right you know, just I I don't think it's right for him to do that. You're not feeling it. Yeah, not yeah. At, not at all. I'm not feeling it either. Yeah. Um. So we uh got two final questions, not mm-hmm. really topics, but but questions. Yeah. Um. First, Devin Booker breakout. Right now, he's averaging twenty six six and four, which is around his career numbers. Yeah. Um. His career averages, I should say. 
But he's shooting 51% from the field, which is a career best. And Phoenix is currently in the playoffs, in the eighth seed if the playoffs were to start today, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think this is a trend, like he's going to sustain it? And do you think this is going to be a breakout year for Devin Booker? Um, It could, but so far, I just think it's kind of, you know, just him just kind of evolving, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, becoming a better player like all young players are supposed to, you know, especially because he's only 23. Right. You know, so I think he's Which just... Which is crazy. Yeah, I think <laughs> he's just getting better like he should be, Um, getting better like all, all players, like, you know, Giannis obviously mm-hmm. should be getting better, all stars in this league should, right. you know, so I think it's just... Um, a matter of him getting better. Right. Scoring um, more efficiently. Yeah. Because you brought up a good point, too, because I said, could he possibly be most improved? Could he be in that discussion along with Siakam? Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, well, he's more so returning to the league because a few years ago he had 70, mm-hmm. right? And everyone was talking about him. And yeah. then Phoenix was so terrible that people forgot about him, but it, he's always been good. Mm-hmm. But now they're starting to win more, so now there's more of a spotlight on him. So you think it's more so just a natural evolution, more so than a big breakout year for him? Yeah. Okay. You think the Suns will make the playoffs? Mm, nah. Nah. <laughs> well, yeah. Then I guess it really won't be a breakout year for him. I mean, they can get closer than a lot of people expected them to. Right. They could do better, but... Right. Not making it. Yeah, not... not yeah, I'm probably year. with you. They're, Even though they're still missing Aiden. When they get Aiden back, that's definitely going to help. Yeah, but West is, the West, I'm sure after All-Star break, will... Hopefully turn it up. Yeah, they're going to tighten up the screws some. Yeah, especially okay. when the Pelicans get his eye on. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So they'll be battling it out. No yeah. breakout year for Booker then. All right. X that out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> and then a trend that you and I have noticed recently. Mm-hmm. There's 30 seconds left in the game, right? Yeah. One team is up by 15, 20 points, whatever it is. Obviously, they're about to win the game. Mm-hmm. They get a, a rebound from the losing team's missed shot, right? Right. They bring the ball up the court. They dribble out the, the shot clock, obviously, because there's a difference there of six seconds, right? Yeah. They take the turnover, right? Mm-hmm. Give the ball back to the other team, six seconds left or whatever. Then the other team does whatever they want with the ball. But my point is yeah, the winning team, because they know they're about to win, they end up taking the shot clock violation. Yeah. Is this good policy or bad policy? No, it's it's not. I mean, like, well, hold, is it good policy or bad policy? It's bad policy. <laughs> right. Like, like why? Why would you? Why would you just take that? Why would you just take the shot? Like, right. you still got six seconds. Like, right. what are they gonna do? Like, especially right. like get it get it off quick. If even if you want, shoot yeah. like a, a half court. I mean, maybe right. they'll do that. Maybe they'll just take that as full on disrespect. Disrespect, right? Yeah, but. You know, like, yes, get to the three-point line as quick as you can, you know, and just, like, shoot right away. Whatever you want to do, yeah. just, like, shoot it. Like, right. please don't take that violation. Right. Yeah, if, if I'm the coach, I'm, I might be even over there telling you to shoot it. Right. <laughs> right, Like, I'd be like, don't take don't take the turnover. Don't take the turnover. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's no point. They lost. Right. You know, it's their fault. I mean, yeah. I see if it's, like... You know, a shot clock, there's no shot clock. Right. Okay, I see that. Then you dribble the clock out, right? Yeah, then you dribble the co- clock out. Right. But, um, yeah, not not the shot clock. I mean, I yeah. see if it's, like, a little bit of a difference, like, just, like, like a second maybe. Right. 
Um, but even then, I might. Yeah, I'm might, not even doing it. Then. Yeah, even then, I might, yeah. you know, just take the shot. Right. So, because yeah. I saw a couple teams do it last year, and I said, "Oh, well, I guess maybe that's their thing, or whatever." Mm-hmm. But now it seems like every team is doing that, mm-hmm. and it drives me crazy. I'm like, maybe I'm old school because I'm never taking that turnover. I'm gonna shoot it every single time, yeah. right? Or if I'm coaching, like you said, I'm gonna tell my team, "Shoot it! Don't take the turnover." Mm-hmm. What? Like, why should I take the turnover? Because we beat y'all. Right, yeah. and that's not being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. If I could dribble the shot clock out, then I will, or dribble the clock out, I will. But if I can't without there being a turnover, I'm shooting it every single time. Yeah, but it can't just be an old school thing because you said the same thing and you're much younger than me. Yeah, or maybe it's my influence on you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm gonna advise you to shoot it every single time. And anyone listening, shoot the ball, shoot it right. Yeah, the, do what coaches tell you, right? <laughs> that's right, do what coaches tell you. Okay, and then one final thing. One final thing, because this just uh, came out recently. Uh, about a week ago, James Harden and the Rockets were playing against, who were they playing against? The Spurs. Yeah. James Harden gets a steal, dunks the ball, and it kind of goes through the net awkwardly, right? Mm-hmm. The refs thought that he missed the dunk. So they didn't award him the points. D'Antoni tries to challenge it. The refs, for some reason, told him, no, they, he couldn't challenge it, right? Oh. Um. And Houston wanted to replay a portion of the game, right? Or be awarded the win or something like that. And mm-hmm. today, Adam Silver said, no, we're not going to do that, right? Because yeah. Houston had enough time and enough possessions to make up for that. And earlier in the game, uh, Russell Westbrook had a backcourt violation that wasn't called. Yeah. So it kind of evened out anyways. Are you okay with the league taking that stance? Mm, not really. Even though it's James Harden... <laughs> Y'all still let him get away with that stuff. Like, listen to me. Right. The NBA lets him get away with that stuff. Right. Not nobody else. The NBA. Right. The, the refs decide to. Right. And still, for and st- so, like, if he's going up getting a dunk and y'all think he misses it, which, I mean, that shouldn't be happening in the first place. Right. You know. Right. I agree. You know, you know, but y'all think he misses it um, and he, like, didn't and you can just go back and replay it. Right. And Mike D'Antoni wants to, you know, challenge it. Right. Why are y'all telling him no? Just yeah. let, like, let James Harden get the bucket. Like, right. even then, like, Mike D'Antoni shouldn't have to go challenge that. They should right. just, you know, be able to replay it. Right. And just give him two points. Right. So, and yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, and I, I was surprised that they didn't re- replay. After they saw the replay, I'm surprised that they didn't just award the two points. Yeah. But... All's fair in love in basketball, man. They got the backcourt <laughs> violation earlier that they didn't call. They got yeah. away with it, right? Yeah. And to Adam Silver's point, the Rockets had enough time to win that game. Mm-hmm. It's a double yeah. overtime game even. They couldn't close it out. So, yeah. hey, man. And James Harden gets away with enough stuff where I'm not going to take a side on it. <laughs> but again, it's the, it's the NBA's fault. True, true. Maybe this was Adam Silver's way of putting his foot down, so to speak. Saying, yeah, we let you get enough. Harden. We let you get away with enough, James. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, so I think that's it for what we have today, episode eight of the Hoop Life podcast. Um, again, we should have opened up with shout out to you for making the middle school team. That's huge right there. Congratulations, yeah. man. Thank you. Thank so you. you got a lot of work to do, but I'm proud of you, son. Yeah. So um, anything else you want to go ahead and take us out? Uh, I'll go ahead and take us out. Okay. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to episode seven of- Episode eight. Episode eight. Okay. Um, episode eight of the Hoop Life with Sean Shaw podcast. Um, you know, make sure you share, subscribe, 
you know, you know, maybe even write a comment if you want. Right. Um, tell us what you think about it. Rate it, please. Rate the um podcast we're on. You know, app podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, mm-hmm. I think, um, Anchor, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. So, um, again, thank you guys for listening to episode number eight. Um, the Madison Square Madness is what we call it. <laughs> and That's good. and um, peace. Peace.